This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. Marner needed to be a little more selfish there. He had the chance to ice this. Cleared high, though, and that'll do it. It's down into the flames end, and time runs out. Joseph Wall picks up his second win of the season and is a very steadying influence for the Maple Leafs, who in workmanlike fashion come back from a 1-0 deficit and then win the game with a pair of goals. And the Leafs win 2-1 over Calgary in Calgary. And so order has been restored, I guess is the best way to say it. Jim Taddy, Frank Corrado, and Jimmy Ralph uh, with you uh, for this segment. Ralph, he is to go over this. And, Ralphie, we go from the sky is falling to endless possibilities. I just really liked this was an engaging game to watch. All kinds of line changes, the seven defensemen, and solid goaltending. It was all there, wasn't it? Yeah, and, uh, you know, Joe and I talking that that maybe because, you know, we're obviously familiar with Luke Shen's, uh, the beginning of his career, you're zeroed on him a, a little more, but, uh, boy, he looked impressive. Just a little over 10 minutes of ice time, but a nice little short passes to get the puck out of the zone. He was physical, uh, great at boxing out in front of the net, and, um, you know, I think there was uh, a, a lot of positives. And, uh, you know, I'm reminded of when the Leafs beat uh, the Minnesota Wild 2-1 in overtime. Uh, Sheldon Keefe talked about how he liked their patience, that they stuck to it, that they didn't start to cheat or become frustrated and try to force the game to open up. Uh, they stuck with their own style and found a way to win a 2-1 game against Minnesota and did the same thing tonight. I would even argue that their game got better as the game went on. It felt like in that third period, like they really kind of picked up the pace, a little more urgency. and. Maybe early on in the game, there was some sloppy play with the puck and they weren't able to connect on a few things. Like that third period is kind of a, a little bit of a clinic in how you go out there, win a period, win a game, and shut things down. Well, and what uh, I think the most impressive thing for me, Frankie, is uh, uh, the fact they only give up five shots in the third. I mean, Yarncrook scored, what, 220 into the third period, uh, and the big push for Calgary never really came. The Leafs were able to shut things down defensively now. Uh, Justin Hall probably blocked the uh, the best scoring chance that Calgary had in the third. Uh, but you just like the fact that the Leafs were never really uh, back on their heels very much when, when Calgary was, was pushing to try to even things up. So that's that's the thing I liked as much as anything is uh, it wasn't as if they hung on. It was that uh, they protected yeah. the lead. I really like the blue line. I mean, you know, we, we talked many times during the course of the season for the right reason that without Morgan Riley, they found a way to get it done. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people had trouble with the blue lines before the, the, the blue line before the trade, but you bring these three guys in and you're watching the, the seven configuration that they use tonight. I mean, that, that's a deep blue line, uh, you know, and you got Lilligren who didn't play. And, and there's another guy that I'm forgetting about. I mean, there's nine defensemen on this team that there's just a lot of layers back there. Yeah. Connor Timmons, I think, uh, yeah. Jimmy would be the other guy not in. Yes, okay, guy. Frankie, I, I got to ask you. You sure. pick you pick your top six. You got to go with six. Uh, yeah, who I are was, they right now? I was telling Jimmy before the game. So four, there's four non-negotiables. You like that one, Taddy? Non-negotiables. Yes, yeah, I heard you with that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Riley, McCabe, Giordano, and Brody are your four non-negotiables. All right, and who then, are the other two? As far as and then who who are the other two? Because I would like to get Shen in the lineup. When Justin Hall plays well, he's someone who's relied upon in critical moments. But then 
so so those are maybe your your next two and then who else who am i missing i'm missing lilligren i'm missing timmons and i'm missing rick gustafson like they're it's going to be difficult but okay if you're giving me six that i'm going to go with it's the four non-negotiables shen and ben when hall. the going gets tough i think hall over lilligren I, I don't know why i feel that way right now yeah i think i'd be comfortable with that absolutely and uh you know seeing jake mccabe now in his second game um you know see that little bit of a snarl he just missed somebody with a big hit on a play that yeah. was that was called offside uh but you know a little bit of fear and you know we we kind of joked about it at the end of the game that there seemed to be a lot more scrums after whistles uh in this game than maybe we've seen all year combined yeah. because one uh, yeah well one of the examples was achari took takes a run at zadorov i believe it was in the first period takes a pretty good run at him and Zadorov goes after him after the whistle and he tries to stir something up. And then it's Achari kind of giving him the laughing routine that, you know, we've seen a few guys do that to Leaf players this season. But I like the fact that Achari initiated it and this guy had to react where oftentimes it seems like it's the opposite. Someone takes a run at a Leaf player and it's like, OK, I guess we have to react now. It just felt a little more proactive. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's something to be said about team toughness, isn't there? especially when you get into the postseason. And, um, Jimmer, I know you're going to go there, but uh, the, there's something about Joe Wall. Uh, yeah. His game tonight, I mean, you know, I, I thought his first game against Columbus, the, he really struggled with rebound control, uh, didn't look like he was 100% comfortable, looked much better against Montreal, giving up one goal and a win there. And tonight, he, to me, he looked like a seasoned veteran. Uh, you know, oh. his rebound control was outstanding. His angles were great. Um, he gets a break on the Kadri goal, the the power play goal being called back for offside. But, uh, you know, I I just really liked uh, how he looked and how he handled himself in the, oh. the blue paint. And I'm, you know, we've talked about it before that, uh, you know, there's all kinds of great stories sometimes, whether it was Jordan Biddington or, you know, guys that can get in and go on a roll. And I, and I know, you know, if Matt Murray's coming back, Joe Wall's going to end up with the Marlies again. Uh, but there's, there's, you know, at least he can he can be in their mindset if um, if no deals coming to uh, add more depth at the goal position. You know, you might have a yeah. guy that, uh, despite lack of uh, experience, uh, we've seen guys get on a roll and and run with it. And um, I would I would to be honest with you, I would love to see Joe Wall play in uh, in New Jersey. Yeah, well, you he's know. between the Leafs and the Marlies this year, Ralphie. He's sixteen and two. And I think there's there's an interesting thing inside that as far as just being a guy who finds ways to get wins, right? Like, And, and you yep. can say it's an overrated stat for goaltenders, but at the end of the day for a team, if your team is winning and your goaltender is a net positive on the part of that, like that's that's just like a certain mindset that's that's built in. Is is it not for for a goaltender just be a guy that like at the end of the day you you grind out and find a way to win. You're a winning goaltender. Yeah, and and a lot of those guys can go back to the Grand Fear era where you know, they always said that he was the best goalie to have in a a six five game. That he might have given three up that he sh- that made it six five that he shouldn't have, uh, but you'd never get the tying goal on him and. And to me, that's the uh, that's always a sign of a great goaltender is a guy that can find a way to win games when he's not a hundred percent, because he can battle through and and make that one big save uh, when it's needed to get a victory. And I think if you if you talk to most goaltenders when their careers are done, uh, they will take more pride in uh, in career wins than anything else. How much pride do you have, Ralphie? <laughs> you mean as the former uh, reigning OHL uh, all-time goalie win leader? 
<laughs> 26 years, Frankie. No big deal. Wow. Hey, 26 years and no shootouts. Actually, I'll be honest with you, I didn't find out till I was third. Yeah, my really? my entire <laughs> honest to God, my son, kind of, my son, fitting, isn't it? The, the OHL sent it out, and I said to my son, I said, "Oh, that's I said that's pretty cool." I said, "I didn't know," but oh, yeah. I was certain. He said, "Look at the years." He said, "You held it for twenty. <laughs> and I mean, my life would have been different had I known. I'd be, I think I'd they be owe on, you a video tribute. Yeah, you Don't know you what? Think you should get a video <laughs> tribute and go back there? Oh no, I'm not allowed anywhere where I've played before. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, a whole other area there. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so while we're talking tonight, while, while we're yeah. talking, Chicago is traded with Dallas. So Max Domi goes to Dallas along with Dylan Wells, and the Blackhawks get Kadobin in a 2025 second round pick. And the reason I bring that up is we're talking about nine defensemen. Uh, we're talking about uh, they don't have to go out and get a goalie, uh, but uh, 12 forwards. I mean, what do you think happens? Uh, and I'll throw it to the both of you, starting with Ralphie at three o'clock tomorrow. What do you think? Do you think the Leafs have done something else, or, or do they just go with what they have here? Uh, I think the TSN trade show is going to go. What a waste! Thank God we made that music video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think. What about oh, the two-hour special oh, for the oh, Tapman from oh, ten till twelve? I know. Well, sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I just think I think the old dog it is. Uh, um, his musical day. Well, I guess it's not his debut. He's done him before. I think the old dog might be the star of the day tomorrow. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say there's really w- only one area that you could try to upgrade, and that's why I brought Joe Wall up. Is is maybe you know I don't know if he's shown enough in the three games that uh, uh, Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe could say if we need you know if we need somebody, uh, he's there. I just. Um, I know Matt Murray's getting close, and he's on the road trip. Uh, but, but like I said, I'm, I would like to see. I know Wall so far has played Columbus, Montreal, and now Calgary, teams that are all out of the playoffs. Uh, I would love to see him in a game against a, a team like New Jersey, you know, just yeah, it, to, to give him a real test, even if it's, um, you know, if he's destined to be sent to the Marlies regardless of the result. Uh, I would love to see him get that opportunity in, uh, against uh, one of the top teams in the NHL. It's funny, perception is everything, because you come out of that game last night and you think, well, they could improve here, there, and everywhere, right? And you play a game like tonight and you say, man, if this team plays like that where they're stingy defensively, and I thought Marner and Matthews, like Marner, we're we're almost just becoming way too accustomed to his brilliance every single night. Like it's something maybe we're we're overlooking, but he was unbelievable tonight, and they had no answer for him, and he's been like that a lot this year. Um, but the other story is is Matthews was not good in Edmonton, and I thought tonight he was a workhorse. Like, if, if he did one thing right tonight, he just worked his ass off all night long, um, and you could see there was a lot more urgency to his game. So we're, we're getting off topic a little bit, but what I'm saying is if you see that night in and night out, it eliminates they got to get this, they got to get that, they need that guy, right? Like, the, that ch- chatter starts to get a little more quiet. When you watch this game tonight, you're like, "All right, maybe maybe they do stay quiet tomorrow. Maybe it's it's hard to 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 imagine when you make that many changes in such a short period of time, you're gonna make one more. Like it seems like it it is a lot now, and especially coming out of this game tonight, you think, okay, like these guys can do it. They just they have to do it themselves now. Yeah, and I I still kind of looked at yesterday, you know, with uh, you know new players coming into the lineup again. It's uh, we sort of 
uh, compared to to, uh, Christmas Day around 7 o'clock. You know, the the excitement's worn off, and all anybody wants to talk about is the new toys that you got. And then it was like by 7 o'clock, it was... It was almost like everybody was distracted or, or um, you know, exhausted from uh, everything that had gone on. And uh, Edmonton was able to take advantage of that. Uh, another good thing, when when you talked about Matthews and Marner, uh, they combined for 16 shots, eight each. Tavares had four, Nylander had two. So your big four combined for 22 out of the 34 shots. And I think that's a, a pretty good uh, signal that uh, the big boys were there tonight and, and let's face it Sheldon Keefe did a pretty good job calling them out last night yeah well deserved <laughs> well, they yeah. earned that yeah. didn't they <laughs> yep but they you know what instead of pouting or uh, um, you know taking the easy way out uh, they respond and they get, they get a pretty big win Ralphie thanks for hanging around appreciate right. it thanks boys uh, good luck tomorrow Jimmer. thanks guy <laughs> <laughs> got my best man on it for what it's worth. Now we're going to step out because we lost a commercial break. Not that anybody cares, but, you know, because the game went so fast, uh, we got to, we have to uh, sort of hit our commercial allotment, and that means one more break. So this is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Game Night, the Leafs win 2-1 in Calgary. Jim Taddy and Frankie Corrado with you till the bottom of the hour, wrapping up a fine victory by the Leafs. So, Frankie, see, we were talking with Ralphie about Marner, and Marner on a nightly basis, as you say, dazzles. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, my favorite part of his game tonight wasn't, uh, you know, what he did with the puck. It was his answer to people that were aggravating him. He answered mm-hmm. back, whether it was with the stick or whatever. I mean, he was there. He was replying, and I, I really love seeing that out of him. Big time. Me too. And last night in Edmonton, Leon Dreisaitl got a pretty good lick on him early in the game. And I'm not going to say Marner went to sleep after that, but you know what happened in that game. It was quiet from a lot of those guys, even though Marner did have a goal and an assist. But tonight, Marner was the best player on the ice, and it wasn't even close. And, um, you know, even on the goal he scores, Jimmy, Austin Matthews, he's pretty wide open there. And you think when that play's developing that Marner – would have in his head like that he has to get it to Matthews. He has to defer to him because he's the shooter, but not the case at all. Like there is so much confidence coming out of Mitch Marner right now. And it, it, it almost goes unappreciated, but he's statistically going to have his best season yet. If he stays on pace and you know, he's been the guy where if someone needs to get going, if someone needs a jump start, you put him which with Mitch Marner and you can be pretty sure that's going to happen. And with all the juggling of the lines tonight, that can sometimes things can get lost in the shuffle. Um, you know, it's just whether it's line changes or knowing where certain guys are on the ice. So you're, you're dealing with a lot of that stuff like we talked about during the intermission. But Mitch Marner just it seemed like shift over shift. He was rolling it over. He was deceptive. Um, you know, he had a lot of urgency as far as getting to pucks first. And like there's a couple times where, you know, you see Mitch Marner gain entry into the zone. He does a little pull up play, which he often does, realizes he's got some real estate and there's a lot more urgency to just drive that thing right to the net. Like uh, he was he was awesome tonight. Really impressive. Best player on the ice. So here's Mitch Barner postgame and what he liked about tonight's game. How we just stayed with it. Uh, stayed patient. Um, big kills when we needed them, too, from our guys. And um, you know, just stayed to our game plan and we got rewarded for it. What do you make of Joseph Wall's performance? Yeah, it was great. Um, obviously, that first period made some massive plays, and just throughout the game was just confident in that net. Uh, it was great to see him just you know, kind of take over. Who got the belt tonight? Uh, Shanner did. Um, you know, big game coming in. And, 
obviously we all know he's a big man, but just throwing that body around here is hard to play against, and I don't think many guys like that. Mitch, what did you see on your goal? Um, just kind of got it up where it was faced, and um, kind of tried to get going downhill with speed and make a move, make another move, and get it on net. Um, you know, win it. Given the 11-7, given last night, given all the new guys, was that just a bit of a game you guys had to figure out as you went? Um, maybe a little bit, but uh, we still did have fresh guys. Obviously, they were D-man, but um, you know, I think that third period is uh, third period we want to play a lot more. Um, you know, just controlling the ice, controlling the neutral zone. Um, you know, played some good offensive hockey as well, but not giving up any the other way. So. Um, I think we're really happy with that. We're just happy with uh, digging in there. It's not an easy team to beat, especially in this building and how they play. What's the vibe in the room like right now? I think it's four or five, and with all the new guys and the energy coming in. That's uh, great, man. Uh, we're excited. Like, uh, I think a lot of guys have been saying we're excited about the guys we brought in. Um, you know, some some big men that want to help this team achieve some great things. So, um, you know, it was great tonight that everyone just dug in. Uh, just needed a little more from everyone, and everyone gave it. What's the sense, like, only a few hours now until the trade deadline passes? Are you kind of anxious to get past that and feel like the roster's final? I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I'm not getting traded, I hope, so I'm not that <laughs> anxious. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's not our job to be worrying about that. It's our job to whoever we have in the soccer room to go out there and achieve, uh, you know, night in, night out. So um, we'll let everyone else worry about the other stuff. We're just going to do our thing. Um, folks on uh, Vancouver next. Yeah, that's Mitch Marner post game. What I really liked about this game was, you know, the, the constant we talked about this, the line juggling, um, that could go one way or the other, but it seemed to, to um rejuvenate the Leafs. They they all seemed to buy into the different combinations, didn't they? Yeah, you could say it's buy in, you could say it's rejuvenate, but really what it is is you kinda have no choice. It's a sink or sim situation, Jimmy, where if you're gonna be sleeping on the bench, you're gonna get caught with too many men and um you're gonna be late on things and if if you don't have that kind of attention and awareness, you can get burned pretty quick. So um it's one of those things where you, you challenge players, you put them in maybe a little bit of a more uncomfortable situation, but when a, a season is as long as this one is and the grind that these guys go through every single day sometimes you need a little spark and need a little something to to turn guys's brains on and um, you know the fact that you're not playing with the same line shift after shift and different D pairs all night long and um, you know that's just a little something that sparks a little more attention for you and um, to their credit they did a really good job of handling it and it didn't feel like there wasn't a lot of continuity on those lines. It felt like guys were pretty comfortable together. Um, David Camp playing on the wing, playing center didn't seem to be a problem. Um, Ryan O'Reilly had some good jump in his step. It was nice to see him. Obviously, he's been playing um, second line center, but John Tavares back at center. Like there was, there was a lot of moving parts, and this whole team handled it quite well. And when, when Mitch Marner talks about being patient, you can be patient all you want doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win a game. You need to be patient, but you also need to play with a certain level of urgency, especially as the game goes on. And throughout the game, especially in the third period, the Leafs elevated their pace, their urgency, their execution, and they were able to win a period ultimately and win a game. I want to go back to uh, the trade deadline. So, I mean, with the configuration that we have now, there's 12 forwards, nine defensemen, and two goalies. And clearly, if they're going to add somebody somewhere, uh, it's going to be at the expense of one of the nine defensemen. And I, I couldn't even guess who they might move out to bring in either a, a third goalie or an extra forward. How do you read that situation? 
nine defensemen is no bueno, no good. I mean, eight is a lot. Like, if you're the eighth defenseman, you're two away from getting in the lineup. And as you know, down the stretch here, you're going to want to have your top six solidified because there is now only 20 games left before the playoffs start. So you're going to want to be given um, guys a little more runway here to get settled with a D partner and find a home with each other. Nine defensemen is tough for practice, too, because yeah. when you have eight, things flow well. You have four lines. You have four D pairs. Everything flows nice, nicely. That ninth guy, I wouldn't be surprised if they ran in the, if they ran practice with eight and told the ninth guy, you're going to go on with the skill development coaches um, at some point today and, and get your work in because we don't want to mess up our practice. We want to go out there for 30, 35 minutes, be crisp, be efficient, and get off the ice. And when you have nine guys, just someone's getting jammed up, it seems like. And it's actually kind of the same with seven. Like, it's as a defenseman, it's actually better to practice with eight than it is with seven. It's a little more crisp. So I... I don't know. I would, if I'm a guessing man, I I would have a hard time imagining that they're going to carry nine guys down the stretch here. Um, but having defensive depth is not the worst thing in the world. I also wonder too, if like you know how we're talking about nine. Jordy Ben is playing with the Marlies right yeah. now, so that's a tenth guy, yeah. right? And, so and, and I Mette, I don't know. Like yeah, Victor Mette. Mette I think is still hurt. He's still rehabbing. But man, like so if you're ten deep. 10 comfortably deep. I, I don't know what the difference is between 9 and 10, and you have one guy with the Marlies who's cleared waivers, so it'll be interesting to see, but that's probably your, your one trade chip off the roster if you had one. Okay, and if you were to do that, would you get a forward or a goalie? Mm, that's a good question. That is a good question. I guess it depends which one is going to make more of an impact for you. If you think you get a goaltender who provides you an insurance policy where um, you think you can actually play this guy and it's an upgrade over Joseph Wall or Eric Shelgren, maybe the goaltender is the move. But if you can get someone with a little pop, little scoring pop up front that you think can provide some some scoring in a pinch, let's say, um, then maybe that's the move. I would say, Jimmy, whichever position is going to get you the the more effective piece, if that makes sense. Well, and you also have to know, like, what what kind of um, resiliency Matt Murray has. If you're if you're sold that that when he comes back he's going to stay back, then then that's a different uh, equation. Yeah. If you're not sold on that, then then you have to get a goalie. I'm just thinking that you know, in, in both cases, uh, with the forward and the goaltending, uh, in, in case of injury. What you're going to rely on is is somebody on the Marlies to step in and 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 likely do a really good job, and you have to be comfortable with that. Yeah, I I think a lot of people maybe watching the Leafs or associated with the Leafs are just operating under the fact that Matt Murray will not be available. Like I think that's just become the norm here. It's like you know you can't rely on the guy to stay healthy when he is healthy. You know something's looming around the corner. And that's kind of how your mindset has to be right now, doesn't it? Yeah, well, if that's the case, then I definitely get a goalie. Then you're thinking it's a hundred percent goalie. Well, I, it, I would just just because you you can't you can't have all this undermined by a, a slip up. No, no, I know, and that's and that's part of the thing with Kyle Dubas and what he's done. Like he's done an excellent job here leading up to the yeah. deadline, and he's addressed a lot of issues and erased a lot of question marks and and you think okay you got one more day here at the deadline why are you going to go into the into the playoffs here with one massive question mark and that's your goalie and it's a position 
when you're going up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, you probably don't want to mess around with because of who's on the other end. And you're not going to win the goaltending matchup on paper. It's just not going to happen. But like, at least you have a little more certainty uh, when you go up against this guy if you have someone who you know you can trust back there. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the blue line, as thick as it is, you realize that even if they did keep nine at some point against Tampa or Boston, you're going to use everybody. And and with the forwards, you hope nobody gets hurt. But with the goaltending, I mean, it just does not match what you're going up against. And and that's a bit of a problem for me. Yeah, and it's a fair problem. And it'll be interesting, too, with the – the players Sheldon Keefe has, how he wants to deploy guys on the back end. And I I think there's, there's going to be so much mixing and matching here as far as D partners. Um, What's going to be the right mix. Who's going to play on the second unit power play. How much are they even going to play? Like you still need, like regardless of how much the first unit is on the ice, it still would be nice to get a bonus second power play goal from from that unit every once in a while, don't you think? Like you Absolutely. know, you, you go into the playoffs and we talk about how you need to steal a game sometimes. You need to win games under not ideal circumstances, and that's one of those elements where, man, like you talk about depth scoring or the unsung heroes that factors into that just as much basically you know just getting that one where maybe um it, it helps alleviate a little the little of the scoring pressure off the big boys when they're having a tough night or teams are in their grill all night 2-1 the Leafs win in Calgary this is Leafs game night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs radio network Leafs game night Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado with you 2-1 the Leafs win in Calgary going on to Vancouver now here's coach Sheldon Keefe on what he liked from his team tonight we stuck around in the game, you know, it was early in the game for us, there was not a whole lot of offense available at all, and uh, guys didn't get frustrated, stayed with it, and I just thought that our game process of how we were playing just improved through the second period to really shift by shift, you know, ultimately we score a goal in the second period off of a great shift. Um, in the offensive zone, with an offensive zone change, then uh, Matthews and Marner come over the boards and uh, playing against tired people with a favorable matchup in the time of the game. And I just thought, uh, you know, can't really put your finger on why, but as we came out in the third period, really focused and committed to me as the best, best period of the season, best third period of the season. Go out, get the goal, get the lead. And just how we defended, I thought, was exceptional. And Joe Wall's performance in such a tight game. Yeah, exactly. Tight game, no margin for error. Um, you know, it has to face a breakaway early. And they score, but didn't phase him the rest of the way. I, I thought he was he was excellent. He got us through the tough times through that second period. You know, I thought the guys took care of him in the third. But uh, he was excellent, and he looked... Uh, what was really working in that third period, Sheldon, to, to create that situation? I just thought that, you know, I thought we defended really hard, and then all of a sudden the game started to really open up for us because of how we defended. We started to get plays in transition, we started to get more time on the rush, we started to get in behind them. The guys defended really hard, and once we had the lead, I thought we just protected our net well, and then just looking at some of the plays where we advanced pucks. I mean, we took some real hard hits tonight to, in that third period to advance the play. 
and that's what it takes. I mean, looking at Achari Lafferty, there's a couple that really stood out to me that really contested pucks on the wall to get those out. And that's that's what it takes to win. That's why you acquire it. Pucks in question on the wall. You know you're going to take a big hit, and that puck advances. That's always the kind of things that help you win. I thought O'Reilly was a clinic in the third period in terms of taking care of the game and helping us take the win. So, support of those guys and, and you know, the guys we come to rely on that you know, they just brought in. I thought we had, you know, we didn't have four complete lines, but how they're rolling, they was on board with the defense with her. So. Just a, a comment on Luke Shen's game and, and the impact that, that he made. Yeah, I thought he was great. You know, tough circumstances for both he and, and Gus coming in, but um, yeah, I thought he was good. You know, he moved the puck efficiently up the ice, which is so strong. I mean, you know, strong around our net, pushing people around. You know, I don't know if there's any clearer example of how strong he is to seeing him, you know, seeing Lucic bounce off of him like that. Not many guys are, are doing that to a guy like Lucic. Um, he's definitely a presence back there. So that is Sheldon Keefe. He said it was the best third period of the season. I think we would both agree. It was like a playoff period, wasn't it? Yeah, it had a playoff feel to it. And honestly had a playoff feel even right off the bat. I know Sheldon said like there wasn't a lot of offense available at the start of the game and he is right. And a lot of times that's what the playoffs is all about. Like it's going to be tight checking and Jimmy, as you know, I've said it many times on this show. We don't like to toot our own horn here. We're not about that. We're very humble. We're very gracious people. But, but... in the second intermission, I said it's going to be one little quick slip-up that costs this team the game. And, of course, it goes the other way because the Leafs were the better team in this game. But it goes against Calgary where it's a, a pinch, a missed coverage by Huberto, and Willie Nylander springs Morgan Riley in on a breakaway, which seemed like if if you rewound the clock a couple seconds, you're like, oh, everyone's in the right position. This is all good. And then, you know, five seconds later, it's in the back of the net off the stick of Cali Yarncroft on the rebound chance. So it did have a playoff feel to it where it's like, you know, one small minuscule little thing team realizes yeah. how they can shut this game down. And it's there you go. Like that's that's a playoff game right there to a T. And it was physical. There was a lot of guys taking hits to make plays. I thought the Leafs did a good job of initiating a lot of contact as well. And Luke Shen was a, was a big part of that on the back end. And it, it always amazed me, right? Like, so even when I was in the league, obviously Luke Shen was in the league. Always, man, hits. Like, always leading the game in hits, leading the league in hits. A, a lot of the time. And we always wondered, like, there was a lot of chatter, like, Wherever this guy's home arena was at the time, it was Philly. Are, is he just getting like extra hits on the on the stat sheet at the end of the night? <laughs> yeah. And like w when yeah. you watch him play, though, he kind of, like he always kind of finishes through the body. He he finds ways to finish hits. And as much as it's the hits, it's the puck battles. You know, it's like being able to end a cycle when when teams kind of get rolling around on you. So it was it was a good night for Luke Shen. I was I was really excited to see him back in a Leaf uniform. Like, early in the game watching him, I felt like I was back in high school, kind of watching a Leaf game on on my couch, like coming home from, from hockey practice or school, and it kind of brought me back. It was a really cool moment, and to see Luke Shen wearing the new Leaf jersey, his number two out there, he's got that same kind of skating style, but it's a little more refined now. He moves the puck better than he ever did. Um, it was cool. I, I thought that was a really special moment. 
We're going to pick up that thought uh, when we come back. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Game Night, 2-1, the Leafs win in Calgary. We were talking about Luke Shen before the break, and he admitted when he put that Leaf jersey on, he got a bit of the chills and the shivers. And, you know, uh, Frankie, see, when he first broke in with the Leafs, he had, uh, like, he was a swashbuckler. He was all, you know, threw the body around, and you just looked at him and went, this guy's going to be great. And then uh, they tried to harness him, and, and uh, I thought they wrecked him. And then, of well, course, they he, tried he, to do too much. They tried yeah. to do too much to him, and they also didn't have, like, it was a dark time for the team. They didn't have a great yeah. team around him for a lot of his tenure here. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to sum it up. But but now he's, I mean, he's stretched it out. Uh, and, and so I, I'm going to return to the defenseman. I, I don't see them going with nine. And you nailed it. But with Jamie Ben uh, in the, uh, our Jordy Ben, I, I'm getting them all mixed <laughs> up. But anyways, with Ben in the minors, that, there's your ninth guy. You don't need to have nine on the roster. So I don't know what they get tomorrow, but there's one more move left. Yeah, I, I would say there's one more move left. And just going back to Luke Shen, like he... I know we talked about how it was cool seeing him back in the Leaf uniform and all that stuff, but for it to come full circle the way it has and for him to arguably be a better player now than he was back then, I think that's the thing that sticks out the most. Like, he was what? Was he fifth overall to the Toronto Maple Leafs when he was drafted? Like, he was... Uh, It might have been that high. It might have been five. Anyways, it was for sure in the top ten. And now where he's at in his career, he's in his 30s, and he's a better player than he ever was throughout the course of his career. I think that speaks a lot to his uh, willingness and ability to evolve um, and turn into a player who can kind of be, you know, you can give a little more minutes to. Like, he played with Quinn Hughes in Vancouver, who's obviously a very offensively gifted player, gifted player with the puck. So um, it, it, it is cool. And, yeah, if there's a move to be made, there's your trade chip. It's somewhere on the back end because now you've you've brought in guys like Shen, who's the big, bulky, physical guy. You got a guy like McCabe who's pretty complete. Like, he plays physical, but, man, can he skate? He's calm with the puck. He's got good vision out there. Um, I really like what his game looks like, and I think it's only going to get better as time goes on here and he gets a little more comfortable. And then you have a guy who, in Rick Gustafson, who is pretty offensive and shows that he can play 5-on-5 as well. Like, he's better than people have made him out to be at 5-on-5. So, yeah, there's there's probably something that can be done. It can be a minor thing. It could also be a major thing. Like, you never know with this team and, and how yeah. they're operating. Everything Kyle Dubas has said in the media, in the public, he's done the opposite of so far. So I don't trust, I don't trust what he's saying, and I don't trust the information that our insiders are maybe getting about the Leafs because it seems like, I don't know, man, he's, he's up to something. Yeah, I mean, there's another move there. 2008 draft, number one, Stamkos, number two, Doughty, number three, Bogosian, number four, Petrangelo, number five, Luke Shen. Is that a top five? five? Did I say five? Yeah, you did. You were correct. That's a really good top five out of a draft. That was the year of the defenseman. I remember they were saying that was the year of the defenseman, and and there's a lot of – well, I mean, Doughty was a, a stud right from day one, but Bogosian has won Stanley Cups. Luke Shen has won Stanley Cups. And, I mean, those guys for, uh, you know, the fact that they're still relevant and kicking around and, and they're going to be going toe-to-toe here in the first round of the playoffs, I think that's pretty cool. It is. And, uh, you know, after those five, the, 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 the crowd sort of thins out until you get to the first pick in the second round, Florida, Markstrom. 
Oh, there you go. And he was a big deal for them. He was a yeah. big deal. He was supposed to be a big-time goalie for them. He ended up getting traded to Vancouver as part of the Luongo deal, and they thought they were getting like this this up and – well, not up-and-coming kid. Just they, they hadn't found a way to get the most out of him yet. Well, um, they found a way to get the most out of him, and, and that was a really good game for Jacob Markstrom tonight, I thought. like That, that was a night where you, you thought the Leafs could have got goalied, and uh, they were pretty close to it if they didn't have that excellent effort in the third period. Okay, so let's end on a yes guy, no guy. Yes guy, no guy. The Leafs make one more trade. Yes guy. Jimmy, I'll see you tomorrow. You'll be on TSN 1050 from 10 till 12. I think I'm scheduled. Intern Josh has scheduled me at 1030 to sit down with you and Dave Festchuk. Okay, so you're going to be in studio. In studio, guy. Okay, well, we'll see you then. Get some sleep. You too, guy. I'll try. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network.